Thanks for checking out the Refuge Official Podcast. Wherever you're from, we hope that this message will encourage you and help you grow in your relationship with God. Are you ready for the word? Yes, we are. We've been learning these past weeks, as I mentioned, about uh, the Tribes and Tongues series. And that, um, the whole Tribes and Tongues theme, right, has been born out of the scripture in Revelation 7, where um, John's vision, he sees the tribes and tongues, um, people of every nation, tribe and tongue in different languages, gathered in, in the heavenlies. And so uh, we've talked this month about um, being salt and light on earth here. We've talked about the importance of prayer in reaching the nations and, um, uh, and sending out movements. We've talked about the importance of sending, being ones who send others into the mission field. And we've talked about uh, going ourselves with Pastor Deb. So today I'm going to talk about answering the call that we've been given. Because for the past few weeks we've had a really nice, clear presentation of what that call is. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that today. But we're going to talk about our response to that. So um, bow your heads with me. We're just going to pray. Lord, thank you that you love us. Thank you that you have an awesome plan for our lives. Thank you that you've called us to reach your people wherever they are, God. We just believe that you um, have amazing things in store for us and that the best is truly yet to come. God, would the words that um, I speak this morning be, be a, a sweet aroma to you, God? Would they penetrate our hearts? Um, and yeah, would you just build us up and encourage us so we can know how to love you and serve you better? In Jesus' name, amen. So this call, I think we can uh, summarize with uh, Matthew 28 is the Great Commission. And Pastor Matt talked more about this um, last week as well. But, you know, it's, it's, it's where um, he said, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, <laughs> baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Um, and so I think we can summarize that really well. And so, like I said, we have, we have an opportunity to respond to that. And it's kind of a, a, a yes or no kind of response that we, we have, right? And so we're going to talk about the opportunity that we have to say yes. Just quick story. Marissa and I, okay, something that we forgot to share the first time when we were on the platform getting introduced is that Marissa, my lovely wife, is expecting our first son in January. So if you didn't know that yet, yes, we're very excited to be parents. So that's awesome. But it's got me thinking a lot. I'm like, oh my gosh, how is life going to change when I'm suddenly a dad? Or, you know, I am a dad, but I'm, you know, on the outside, the dad. Uh, however, however you want to talk about that. Um, so it's got all this, you know, all these thoughts going on. I'm like, I'm going to have a relationship with this person that I, like, made. And it's just like, why? All these things, you know? If you're a parent, you know. Um, and if you don't, then you don't, like me. But... Um, Anyways, I think about my son, and I'm like, what kind of relationship am I going to have with this little guy, you know? Because I hope it's a good one. I hope it's going to be awesome. I picture myself, you know, we're playing trucks or whatever, and I'm raising him, and we're going to have a good relationship, you know? It's like we want to have good relationships with our dads. But in the end, he gets to kind of choose, you know? Like, he, I can't force him to love me, right? I can't. I can't force him. I know those of you who probably had teenagers. I hear that those are years where you discover that a little extra. You know that it's like you you the, you can't force them to choose you back, even as you're like I love you, um, or not so much at times, right? Um, 
So I just think that's a really fascinating concept that really echoes God's heart for us. It's like God chooses us and he chose us, but he also did this thing that blows my mind where he gave us free will. <laughs> because when God made us, he could have made people who just worshiped him day and night. They didn't physically actually need sleep or food. They could just like be on their knees 24-7 worshiping him. He has some angels for that. Um, and we might be doing that someday. I don't really know. But anyways, he made us with free will. And I think that's just so powerful because um, we just have this, it's this crazy freedom and responsibility to make decisions in our short lifetimes that will have ripple effects in all of eternity, right? So our yes in response to the call of God on our lives is really powerful. And freedom and responsibility are, are inseparable. We're, we'll talk more about that, but... Um, Genesis 2.16, I don't know if we have the, the slides for that, but um, in the beginning, love has looked like letting people choose. Remember when God made the garden, and he says, there's trees, all kinds of trees. He says, and the Lord God commanded the man, you're free to eat from any tree in the garden. Why did he make a tree of knowledge of good and evil? Like, you know what I mean? Like, he could have saved us all a lot of trouble. But honestly, that's what love looked like, because without the opportunity to not choose God, the choice to choose God means much less. So we experience true freedom as we co cooperate with the Holy Spirit to produce the fruit of self-control and use our will to bless God and others. So um, that's just a good framework for us here. Okay. So what are we saying yes to when we say yes to the call of God in our life or when we say yes to um, to this mandate of we're supposed to go to the tribes and tongues and make disciples and, you know, la di da di da It sounds kind of big and intimidating. And I don't know, I've never been to Africa and Asia. You know, what, how does that, I live in Stevens Point or the surrounding area of Wisconsin. How do we, like, how do we bring this home? What does this mean, right? So what are we saying yes to? Um, we can be saying yes to a few things. Um, at one point in my life, I know this is a thing for me. Are we saying yes to when we say yes to God? Are we saying yes to avoiding hell? That's an opportunity that we have. Are we saying yes to a kind of an eternity insurance, you know, where we, we pray the prayer? Sounds good. We attend church on, on Sundays. We might even tithe our, our 10% and give a little extra offering, and we might, you know, escape the flames or something, you know? It's like, that sounds scary. I don't want to go there, so I'm going to say yes to God. A life with God, though, is not just saying no to a list of things, and I think we know that. It's not fleeing from sin. It's not just dodging the devil's flaming arrows. I remember the first time um, I was a junior high student at uh, Camp Chaminade in Motley, Minnesota. Had some good summers there, but I remember being confronted for the first time with the reality of like, oh, life after eternity, you know, it's just a huge concept, and you're like, as a kid trying to figure that out, what does that, what does that mean? It's just the concept that like, oh, heaven and hell are real places, we believe that, and um, when that kind of hit me for the first time, I was like, oh my goodness, that sounds so scary, I really don't want to go to hell, I really, I guess, I want to, I don't know what heaven's like, but that sounds like a better alternative, so I'm going to, you know, follow Jesus, and you know what I mean, like, that's, that's, that's good, I guess, but like, that's not a high level of Christian living, can we 
agree on that, you know what I mean? Um, and so, are, you know, on the other hand, are we saying yes to the pleasures of heaven? I know when my brother and I were younger, we'd come back from Sunday school lessons, we'd hear about heaven or something like that. And we always joked like, oh, in heaven, it's going to be awesome. Like, it's going to be like my own personal Chuck E. Cheese up there. And we always thought we were going to have like hover boots that we'd be able to like, you know, just have all kinds of fun. Like the streets are going to be made of trampolines, golden trampolines, and we just have all kinds of fun. So um, is it a permanent vacation in paradise that we're trying to say yes to in heaven? Or on a more serious note, is it like, I have a loved one who is passed on, and I think they're with the Lord right now, and I don't know about God, but I just want to see them again. So I just want to say yes to the place where I might be with them again. I mean, these are real things that, that, we, that we consider. And I think what, um, with the thing that we want to say yes to and the thing that we are saying yes to when we say yes to God is we're saying yes to the person and purpose of Jesus Christ. All right? So we're going to talk about that. So Jesus is a person. We know that. It sounds simple, but he's, he is a real person. Um, he's a person of history, but he's also one with God who is eternal past, eternal future, these kind of crazy thoughts, right? And Jesus, it's, it's always been an invitation to follow. He says, come follow me. John 15 talks about the vine of the branches. He says, come abide in me and you'll know, bear much fruit. You can't do anything apart from me. It's been an invitation. Come meet me, get to know me. Um, it's an invitation into relationship that way. It's an invitation into fruitfulness in our lives. But um, basically, the Jesus is a person, and when we say yes to him, we say yes to a relationship with him. Um, and I, some of these things are kind of obvious, but I just want to clarify. Like, Jesus is not a list of rules. We know that. But sometimes it's easy to start thinking of that way because when we get together and we agree on most things, it, it kind of feels that way. So Jesus is not a list of rules. He's actually love incarnate with a capacity for relationship. He's not a doctrinal belief system, although you can go to our website and click on a link that says, you know, what we believe, and we have, you know, we have those things that are kind of a framework for us to be on kind of the same page and, and run after God in the same way that makes sense. I, that's great, and we have, there is freedom for, like, <laughs> there's all kinds of, like, beautiful things and things that are we'll, we know in part and we'll know in full someday, but you know what I'm saying? They, Jesus is not a, a doctrinal belief system that's, that's all the right and wrong answers. He's the, actually the inspiration for believing. And so we just are trying to wrap our carnal minds around a person who's beyond us. He's not the Ten Commandments, um, although that's beautiful, right? We kind of like follow the Ten Commandments, but you, did you know we're actually freed from from, from the law in that way. He's actually, Jesus is the embodiment of the new covenant. And although Moses was probably, you know, technically, I heard this this week when I was kind of looking stuff up, Moses was technically the first guy with a tablet to download data from the cloud. <laughs> right, right? Mount Sinai, a couple, t he had two tablets in the pictures, you know. Was that like a Pastor Matt level joke? Okay. It was kind of an equal mix of like soft chuckle and groan. It makes a glorious noise. Okay. All right. Thank you. Um, Jesus is not the Bible. Although we revere and honor the Word of God, the written Word of God, we, it's sharper than a two edged sword, good for teaching and instruction, rebuking, all that stuff. The scripture isn't actually meant to contain Jesus, it's meant to describe and reveal him. He's the author. 
you know, he's the divine author, but we can't actually get everything that we need to know about Jesus from Scripture. We're actually meant to experience him in relationship. And he's not a place called heaven. He's the one whose presence itself is paradise. We talked about that. So we're saying yes to the person of Jesus, right? We're also saying yes to his purpose, which is really what we want to talk the most about today. So we're saying yes to the purpose of God. The scripture, Romans eleven twenty nine, you can pull that up. It says that the gifts, for the gifts and calling of God are irrevocable. Okay, what is irrevocable? It means it can't be revoked or taken away. So if it can't be taken away, that means that it was at some point given in the first place. So we know that we're given a calling, and we can see that in other places in Scripture. But um, So we're given a calling that can't be taken away. You can't actually mess up your own destiny. Did you know that? You can't blow it. Everything is always redeemable. There is ne- like, it's never too late. Like we can, we can fall off cliffs. We can backslide. We can fall. You know what I mean? We can fall into sin, but like God is always good, and there's always, there's always a way back to him. It's irrevocable. Acts 22, verse 14 there, it says, The God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will, uh, to see the righteous one and to hear the words from his mouth. But he's chosen us to know his will. So not only can our calling not be taken away, but it's actually knowable. That's good to know, right? I think sometimes we're like, oh, what is the will of God for my life? I just want to know his will. It's actually knowable. The Amplified um, Bible, which is kind of an awesome supplement I like to use sometimes, says this. uh, The God of our ancestors has chosen you or appointed you to know his will and to progressively understand his plan with clarity and with power. I thought that was pretty cool. So this purpose that he's given us that we're saying yes to is uh, two things. It's a unique purpose and it's a significant purpose. Okay, we know that it's a unique purpose because we're not disposable. You know, I think sometimes we talk about, um, it's, it's a good concept. We, we need more laborers for the harvest. We need more, you know, we always need more volunteers for refuge. And, you know, we can talk about that. We need people to go to the tribes and tongues of the world and preach the good news. We, that is true. But we can't interpret that in a way that's like, oh, we're disposable kind of laborers. You know, you think of like Despicable Me. You see all the minions, the little yellow guys with their overalls and their goofy glasses, you know, boy, or whatever they do. We're not, you know, they fall off cliffs. There's more of them. He just, I don't know how they're, I don't know how you make minions, but there's more of them. Or like, you, you know, like Lord of the Rings, there's all these orcs walking around and they're kind of gruesomely born and they're just kind of soldiers walking to their doom. That's not, that's not what we're talking about here. Okay, we, we have a purpose that is more unique than that. Um, or, okay, even like the Industrial Revolution, right? That whole, that whole period of time was like introducing manufacturing and the whole idea was that Machines are making stuff instead of people, and when a machine breaks, you've got a part that's identical to the one that was broken that you can just replace it with. And unfortunately, or fortunately, people are not like parts, and they're not identical. That's why organizations and churches, and they're not, they're not manufacturing places where you can just plug a new person in and just expect it to run like a formula, like, here's the blueprints, just go do it. It runs on its own. No, people are more unique than that. And you have to integrate people and you have to learn together and you work with a team. And you know, if you work with people, which we all do, you know that it's harder than that. And the truth is that we have a unique purpose. No one can say yes like you can. 
And no one can worship or love or think like you do and what you have is valuable because God made you that way. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12 talks about uh, the, the passage with many parts in one body. You know, it talks about your, your foot can't say to your hand, you know, you're no good. Or, you know, it talks about if the whole body were an eyeball, how would it hear? You know, you could see a lot, but you wouldn't be able to hear anything. Or if the whole body was an ear, Paul actually says this, where would be the sense of smell, you know? So, uh, obviously, that would be not only strange looking, but really not functioning well as a body. Bodies have a lot of parts, okay? So we all serve different things. Um, so it's a unique purpose that we're saying yes to. It's also a significant purpose, okay? It's not where we go that's the most important, but it's the fact that we're willing to be obedient and say yes. So we know that the call of God on our lives is knowable and that we have the opportunity to respond to it. But, okay, so whether we're cleaning toilets or whether we're the president of the United States or whether we're serving in refuge kids or whether we are um, going to work at an office every day. You know what I mean? It's, sometimes we have this idea that it's this hierarchical ladder of significance that it's like, okay, there's people down here that kind of do menial things and then there's important people that kind of have like a spotlight kind of thing and, you know, and in the kingdom, I'm telling you, it's, it's inverted, not inverted. It's tilted 90 degrees and it's like picture a, like a hula hoop, you know, and it's a ring of like different things and the Lord is like, these people are all important to me, you know? It's not like that part, he, he gives people different, you know, leadership and that, those things are true, but... Um, it's the fact that we're willing to say yes to what he, what he calls us to that's the most important, not the perceived size of our calling. It's actually the size of our yes. You know? John 17, 4 says, I've glorified you on earth by accomplishing the work that you gave me to do. How do I bring him glory? I just do what he told me to do, what he gave me to do. John four thirty four. Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. You need food to survive. <laughs> you know, your spiritual life will thrive to the, to the extent, like in proportion to the yes that you say to him. So protect your yes by knowing what he has and has not called you to. Because there are things that he has called us to, um, but there are also things that he hasn't called us to. And I think we've all probably encountered seasons of our lives that are like, oh my gosh, I feel so spread thin. And, you know, sometimes seasons of our life just do that to us. And that's okay. There's no shame for feeling that way. But it, it's just a note that, like, be, be attentive to what you're saying yes to and what the Lord has actually given you the grace and the permission to say yes to and which are the things that it's just kind of like, oh, yeah, I have a need there. I can, I can, I can do that. Um, it, it's the idea of not letting religious recreation choke out our time with the Lord. Because even if it's serving in church, you know, I say that like religious recreation. I mean, there's all kinds of valuable things. But honestly, if the Lord hasn't called you to it, like, we don't want you to be there, you know? Like, that's not helpful if the Lord hasn't said yes to that. So, um, because... Our time with the Lord is a fundamental part of our purpose. It's so it's, it's like we're so busy doing things about God that we never are just with him. <laughs> we're missing something, you know. Um, so it's easy to confuse a lot of activity 
with, with a purposeful life in that way. And I've, I've found and I've listened to wise people say, and I'm trying to like integrate this in my own life, I would much rather do fewer things with excellence than, than just be a jack of all trades and kind of like be mediocre everywhere, you know? It's just, it's not, that's not... It's just not, it's not what you get remembered for. Not that get, being remembered is the goal. Significance in God is the goal. But I, I just think that um, he calls us to things that aren't going to stretch us so thin that they can't have impact. And finally, fulfilling our significant purpose requires a significant yes. We have to say to him, God, all of me. You know, not uh, some of me or, or most of me. And I, I think I used to... Um, you know, you ever listen, you're worshiping and you, you come across song lyrics and you're like, oh, I don't know if that feels true. You know that there's kind of this like sometimes this theological thing in your head that you're like, what am I actually declaring right now? And I, I, can, I can think of songs right now. Like I remember being at a conference and there was a song that was like, I will go, I will go, Lord, send me to the port. And it was like declaring, I'm going to go to the world. And I just felt like a little bit convicted, like, God, I don't know if I can say that because like, I don't really know if I can commit before the Lord right now, like, I will go. Like, I want my words to mean something. and You know what I mean? Or you're singing and you're like, all of me. Uh, that's John Legend. All of me. That's not what I try to say. <laughs> What's another song? Um, like, take my life and let it be constant. All, hear my, all of me. You know, okay, fill in the blank, your own song that's all of me. I... <laughs> Not any song, but a good one, all right? What I'm trying to say is it's points in my life saying all of me has felt dishonest, and I'm like, God, I, I want to have integrity before you. I don't want to be dishonest. But I, I would challenge you to have permission with yourself. Just look at your heart. What is your heart saying? Because all doesn't start as a, as a present reality. It starts as a faith-filled declaration. That when I say all of me, God, I'm not describing like, I am currently totally surrendered to you. I'm saying, God, my heart is to be surrendered to you. Will you teach me how to be surrendered to you? I just want to know you deeper. You know, it's, it's that kind of thing. So um, in order for us to accomplish a significant purpose, it requires a significant yes. You know, it's like, it just requires risk sometimes. It's like we're, sometimes it feels like you have to jump off a cliff to do something, and it's like, I don't know, God, what if I fall? And he's like, what if you fly? You know, you know what I mean? Like you never, you never know until you give him your all, and you can never give him your all until you're, you make the, the brave statement that you're willing to, you know, even before it's a present reality. Um, I know that for, for Marissa and I, we've, oh gosh, what do we figure? We moved like 13 times or something ridiculous in the past like five and some years. And every time it's like such a, you know, moving is a burden. <laughs> moving is a huge burden. Moving is not fun. And if you need help moving, um, get your friends to come help you because it will be much easier. Your friends are like, don't call me. But actually, <laughs> help your friends move because then when you, you move, they can call you. And it, it works a lot better that way is what I'm saying, okay? But, okay, we've moved a lot. 
and we've transitioned seasons a lot. And, and for us, obedience to the Lord has looked like saying yes to things that were, at times, felt risky or uncomfortable. When we first got married, we moved up to North Dakota, lived in Jamestown. I had attended my, my parents' alma mater there and gotten a good scholarship. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll go to North Dakota. Never imagined myself there, but that's where we were, and it was awesome. We had some family there. Enjoyed our time there for the most part, but you know when you just you're somewhere and it feels like your season is just shifting, you just feel it. There's just like inside you're like, my heart is just drifting away from where I am right now, and I kind of am realizing it only very slowly. But at some point you're like, oh, it's time for a season change here, um, and for us that's kind of what happened in North Dakota, and so that. Um, you know, it's like we had a church there. I, I could talk about all kinds of things that were, that were good. I was working for a youth organization where the director was kind of a little bit uh, disenchanted with his work and was kind of like, oh, I'm looking for my successor. You know, Jeff, would you, you know, kind of indirectly but not so discreetly kind of like, you could have a place here. And so, you know, it's like we could have had some life set up and I could have been content and said yes to that. And it was about hearing, God, what, have you, what are you calling me to? And he was calling me to look at the bigger picture, which was part of that was my, my wife and what we were going after. And we felt an invitation to do something different. And we found ourselves out in Reading. Um, and that was scary because we had come from more traditional church backgrounds or, you know, whatever, um, in a manner of speaking, um, where they're uh, in, at Reading at, at Bethel Church, they're free-flowing in some of the gifts of the Spirit and things that we had had little exposure to, but we hear the testimonies of God doing amazing things there. And it's like, God, I, how can I hear this amazing testimony but not see the fruit of it? Like, I, my heart's on fire for you and I want to follow you, God. How can I reconcile, like, not walking in and operating in the gifts that I see you doing so much with, like, other places in the world. It was just like, I've got to figure this out, <laughs> you know? It was like, I don't have time to just figure this out in the cracks of my life and in between the little things. It was suddenly like, God, I don't want to just be content in North Dakota. It was like, I feel this invitation to just dive in headlong after, after something different. And, and that's what he did for us. And, and we learned a lot there. And we're, <laughs> we're still in processing mode of all of that there, honestly. But God blessed us so much. And that for us required a significant yes. It's no small thing to move your life to California and like commit three years there. And I, you know what I mean? It's just, but the reward was significant. You know, high risk, high reward kind of thing. We, we heard the voice of the Lord and we felt his peace on that. And so we said yes, and we did it, and <laughs> we came out the other side. Same thing coming back here, you know? It's like, how do we end up back in Stevens Point, Wisconsin? You know, things have worked out now, you know? Like, we're still walking through transition and things, but for the most part, like, we're super happy here, you know? And, and excited about getting to know the, the ministries in the church and all that stuff and, and the community. Um, but it took a brave yes to to do that, you know, and it was like, oh, is all this, is all this school, is all this stuff going to be in vain? What are we, what are we doing? What's the end goal? All the pressure to kind of like, unto what? And you know, we were just patient, and we felt like um, the opportunity came, and the Lord said yes, and and that took probably six months, you know, especially for me, a very slow like plotting, like. 
God, I'm going to, and not because I was hesitant about what refuge was doing or anything like that. It was, God, I just need to be really convinced of your voice in my life. And like, I don't want to say yes before I know that you, this is (laughs) your purpose, you know? So contend for that. Contend for knowing the purpose of God for your life. And finally, I want to talk about this. We need to say yes to ourselves in order to, to, say, to say yes for, the, for the, um, the purpose that he's called us to. And to reach the tribes and the tongues of the world, it actually begins here. And we can talk about, we can talk about missions, we can talk about that all day, but I'm just, how do we bring this home? How, how does this impact us? How do we change the way that we live our lives? And it's, I think it has a lot to do with saying yes to ourselves. There's this, um, this scripture that uh, um, John the Baptist is talking about. He's like, you know, I must, he must increase, I must decrease, right? And I think for so long, it's, it's a good, it's, okay, John the Baptist is preparing the way for Jesus, and, and the Jews are, they're revering John the Baptist. They're like, this is the guy. John the Baptist is the guy. And John the Baptist suddenly is like, Jesus shows up on the scene. John has to be like, you guys, you don't get it. Jesus is the guy. Like, actually, I'm not the guy. Jesus is the guy. He's the Messiah. He's come, you know? And so um, he's trying to communicate that message when he says that. And John is like, I got to decrease. Jesus has to increase. Like, my followers, I'm going to transfer you over to this guy. Like, I've, I've ministered on behalf of Jesus, but now, like, he's your teacher. You can follow him directly. And so I just say that context because I think so often it's like, this, um, oh, God, just less of me, more of you, just less of me, less of me, less of me, in, uh, until I'm just a puddle on the floor, and it's like, God, just use me. And it's like, he's standing here like, what am I supposed to do with that melted popsicle? You know? <laughs> I, and it sounds funny, but I just think, like, if you're struggling with pride, and, like, then that's great. Like, less of you, more of him. Please, don't be a jerk. You know what I mean? But I just, to be honest, I just think more people in this room are, are, are just not jerks, you know? And, and so to say that to yourself, just, just be careful how you interpret that. God doesn't just want a bunch of puppets, you know, that he's dangled. That's why he gave his free will. He doesn't just want people who are like emptied and voided of their personalities because they said less of me. And you have to say yes to yourself to say yes to the purpose of God for your life. I can't help but think about Toy Story, okay? Great Pixar classic movie, right? Toy Story. You know when Andy comes into the room, that you know, their toys are all getting along with each other. Andy comes in, they're like, quick, Andy's coming. And they just... You know, they go limp and they flop on the ground wherever they were and the army men go scattering and Mr. Potato Head pops out his eyes and his hat. You know what I mean? They kind of like intentionally like just hit the deck in some random position like he left us last. And I think sometimes when we come into the presence of God, that's what we do. It's like, God, just use me. I'm going to just be this, you know, whatever. And I just think like how much fun... How much more fun would Andy have had with his toys if they hadn't have just gone limp every time he walked into the room? You know what I mean? I understand there's like a conflict with that in the movie, but when we come to the presence of God, it's, it's just this thing of like we were meant to live and love and worship with a God-given personality, and when we, allow our, when we say all of me, God, when he's possessed all of us, we don't have to be afraid of us asserting ourselves to accomplish his purpose in our life. You know? 
Or like, you know, the toys, Andy, or Woody, he's got his boots, and he's got Andy written on the bottom, right? I just think it's like, that's who he belongs to. It's like if we would just let Jesus take the Sharpie to our hearts or the bottom of your boot or wherever, you know, you like him to write it on there, you know, you can, you can have a relationship with God and not have to, you know, have him pull the string and, you know, there's a snake in my boot or we, <laughs> somebody's poisoned the water hole. And all that stuff that Andy says or what's his name? Woody. Woody. Yeah. So that's good. And what we should be saying instead is this, God, build me up so that I can hold more of you. We're responsible for partnering with the Holy Spirit to continue to develop the foundation of our character so that our character can support our growing influence and anointing. Build our yes in the secret place, in the small places, in the silly places, so you'll be ready to choose him in hard places or in favor. Most of the time we're not held back by what we don't have but what we don't use. And if we have bad beliefs about ourselves and doubts about who God is and the purposes that he's given us, it's going to be really hard to say yes to that. So my challenge to you is say yes to yourself. I think of, I think of Moses in the burning bush, bush in Exodus. Um, God is like, I have this stuff. Go to Pharaoh. Free my people. I'm answering this prayer for deliverance from the past like 400 years. And Moses is up there. He's like, well, God, you know, your servant's not very good at speaking. And, you know, are you sure? He goes back and forth with God like a bunch of times. And finally, God's offended. He's like, are you serious? Like, I made you, and I've a, I'm calling you into this. Will you say yes to yourself so that you can say yes to what I'm asking you to do? Like, I want to use you. Get off the ground. Pick yourself up. It's going to be okay. Can we all stand together? I want to do something. Um, we're just going to make a few declarations here. So we're just going to speak out loud some things that sometimes our brains might know, but our, our spirits just need to hear them. And sometimes when we activate ourselves to just say something, it, it helps our spirit learn something that is just a little bit harder to deposit there sometimes, okay? So uh, worship team, you guys can come up. Um, I'm going to read some scripture and just hear. Don't, don't try to think too hard about it. Just hear the voice of God over your heart and over your life. And then uh, we're going to just kind of do one of those repeat after me things, okay? So just close your eyes and listen to this scripture, okay? Hebrews 13:5. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Joshua 1:9 says, I, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Isaiah 43, 2 says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When we pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Repeat after me. I am not alone. Listen to this. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. John 13, 10. Those who have had a bath only need to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you are clean. And he goes on to say, except for you, Judas. And again, I, if you're Judas and you need to get your heart right before the Lord, there's an invitation to do that. Um, we want to do that. 
but I just have this sense that most of us are not plotting to kill Jesus, you know? And, and, and Jesus says to those people, he says, you are clean. You don't need to wash your whole body. Just dust off your feet a little bit, okay? So repeat after me, I'm clean. 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Say this, I have what it takes. Psalm 139, 13 and 14, he says, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. Say this, my life has a unique and significant purpose. That's good. The last declaration only you can make for yourself. And that's the response to his call in your life. So as you hear those things from him, and I believe you will, through the wise counsel of people in your life, through the scripture, through your prayer time, all kinds of ways we can hear from God. Sometimes it's a whisper, sometimes a shout. It's, a, it's are you willing to say yes to that? You know, I think of John 21, 17, he's, Jesus is talking to Peter. He says, do you love me? feed my sheep do you love me feed my sheep do you love me are you sure he says feed my sheep and it's not that we perform for that love from Jesus it's not like we have to prove to him that we love him like that but when we love him we will produce out of that place of love our lives will be fruitful we will multiply and we will reach the tribes and tongues of the world Isaiah 6 8 then I heard the voice of the Lord saying whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. Don't you just want that to be your prayer? Here am I, send me. God, we want to know you. We want to be sent by you. We want to have lives that are surrendered to you. God, we believe that you're worthy of saying yes to. God, we believe that the most strategic thing that we could do with our lives is to say yes to the one who actually made us, knows way more about ourselves than we do, and has a genius plan that's going to work out for the best of those who love him. And the most strategic thing that I can do, God, is to say yes to you. If you've never said yes to Jesus, the person, I just invite you to do that right now. Just pray this in your heart. Jesus, I, I see you. Jesus, I see you and I, I wanna say yes to you. God, would you renew me? God, I acknowledge that I have not said yes to you so many areas of my life. I've got to repent of my no's, of my maybes, of my half-hearted yeses. God, and I choose today to say yes to you. I choose to say yes to Jesus, the person. Yes to what I know about him. Yes to what I don't know about him. He's good and he's faithful and you can trust him. 
Thank you, Jesus, for being trustworthy. I invite you into my heart. Amen. And if you've done that, welcome to the family. And um, yeah, guess what? We get to wake up every day and keep saying yes. Because <laughs> our yes from yesterday is only as good as we choose to make it today, you know? So that's something that you can only utter in your own heart. But I would just challenge you, take the pause as we reflect and we go into time of worship here. Just, just make the step to say yes to Jesus. Make that faithful declaration that says, God, I, I, I don't know what my present reality is. It may be kind of complicated. You know, it's kind of complicated. But God, would you have all of me, teach me to give all of me to yourself. Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to connect further with Refuge, feel free to go online to wearerefuge.net or on social media at wearerefuge.